Chapter 7, Up the Hill Dibble might as well have punched her in the stomach. Was he serious? It had to be a joke. Except the only time she'd ever heard Donald Dibble joke was last year when he told her she'd be getting a large Christmas bonus. Nix's confusion quickly turned to rage. You can't fire me for not wiping down the plasticware. I think you'll find you're mistaken, but in this case you're terminated for stealing from the register. Nix gaped at Dibble. She may have done a lot of stupid stuff at work, but stealing wasn't one of them. That is ridiculous. You know I've never... You can drop the false indignation. Beryl saw you. Then Beryl lied. She watched you take money out of the drawer and put it in your pocket yesterday when you were pretending to help a man for his birthday. After a moment of intense concentration, Nix remembered the birthday nachos and a flood of relief washed over her. Oh, I know what she saw, she said and actually laughed. <laughs> the guy didn't have enough, so I paid with my own money and put the change back in my pocket. If you expect me to believe that, then you're as stupid as you are lazy. Nix's mouth fell open. It hadn't crossed her mind that Dibble wouldn't believe her, and she certainly wasn't expecting such a nasty slam to her work ethic. She felt red splotches appear on her forehead, and she struggled to regain her composure. I swear that's what happened. The drawer came up even, didn't it? That means nothing, Dibble said. All you have to do is cancel the order and no one would know the difference. Or so you thought. Ask Beryl. I'm sure she saw... Beryl has told me everything she saw. She is a model employee, and you are an unemployed thief. Now get off the premises before I call someone to remove you. Nix's eyes burned hot. Fine, but I want my payment for the last month. The balance has been forfeited to pay for any other embezzling schemes you no doubt got away with. You can't! Dibble's reply was to pick up the phone and dial. Hello? I have a trespassing problem. More out of embarrassment than fear of the police, Nix clenched her fists, turned around, and began to walk home. She'd never felt more angry. She was furious at Dibble for not even listening to her, at Beryl for sticking her big awkward nose where it didn't belong, and at herself for helping Felix. If she had kept her five bucks, she would still have a job. Nix kicked at a weed growing up through the sidewalk. Every time she tried to help someone, it backfired. First the dog, now this. She was done trying to be the hero. It was time to help herself. The weed popped back, and Nix grounded into little fibers with her heel before continuing on. Fired. She should have seen this coming. It was already the worst week of her life. It would only make sense for it to end like this. Her mother was going to freak. How would they buy cat food? Mrs. Wack would probably make Nix sell all her belongings. That would bring in all of three bucks. Then she'd send Nix door-to-door begging. An idea hit Nix with such force, she stopped walking. What if she didn't go home? Her mother thought she was at work. If she waited until Saturday to tell her she was fired, she could have the entire evening to go wherever she wanted, including the party with Jordan. Of course she hadn't been officially invited, but maybe Jordan could put in a good word for her. The idea thrilled and scared her at the same time. If her mom ever found out, she'd dismember her verbally and literally. But this might be Nix's only chance to save her friendship. With Nix there, she could make sure Jordan didn't find any new best friends. Nix stared into the brilliant blue sky and breathed deeply. It felt like being pulled from the grave. It felt like the first breath she'd ever taken. The wave of anger ebbed, and for a moment, she even forgot the inevitable confrontation with her mother. For today, at least, she was free.
Jordan pulled off a sweaty sock. You didn't tell him it was your money? They sat on the back porch, squinting in the sun. I tried. He wouldn't listen. He was like talking to my mom, only worse. At least she argues with me long enough that I can plead my case. Dibble called the police before we'd even gotten started. Nix didn't know if it was her anxiety building again or the scorching sunlight, but she was beginning to feel damp in the underarm area. What do your mom say? Jordan asked. Nix bit her cheek. I didn't really tell her yet. Didn't she wonder why you were home early? I didn't go home. Jordan's mouth made an O, which morphed into a wicked crescent. Excellent. You're a fugitive. Nix realized that's exactly what she felt like. On her way to Jordan's, she'd flung herself into the bushes every time a car passed, as if complete strangers would know that she was supposed to be at work. Still, better safe than sorry. It only took one person to mention her whereabouts to Mrs. Wack, and Nix would be handcuffed and in the back of a police car within minutes. You think I should have told her? Nix asked. I just thought if I waited, maybe I could go to the party. Jordan tapped his braces. Trixie Nixie, this is a side of you I've never seen. I think you're rubbing off on me. A twinge of guilt made Nix falter. She'd always been the one trying to keep Jordan out of trouble. Of course, she was spectacularly unsuccessful at it. But now, if they were both rule breakers, what would stop them from degenerating to a life of crime? I just... do you think it's okay if I come? I'm sure they won't care, Jordan said. It's an end-of-summer party. Anyone whose summer is ending can come. Nix had almost forgotten that school started Monday, all the more reason to take advantage of her last few days. But now that the party was a possibility for her, she wasn't sure she was ready. But what do people do at parties? Would I have to bring something? No, they like hang out and stuff. Eat, listen to music, dance. Ah, oh, crap. I forgot to get the converter for the light bar. Guess we'll have to save it for the next one. He cast a quick glance at Nix's outfit. You just gonna wear that? Nix took stock of herself. Dingy jeans, a pink Lisa Frank unicorn shirt, and her nasty old shoes. I can't really go home and change, and it's not like any of your clothes will fit me. Nix didn't mention these were some of the nicest clothes she owned. Tiago's supposed to be here in 15 minutes, so I better shower. Jordan picked up his socks and backpack. Your dad's not taking us? Nix asked, suddenly feeling very rushed. She'd been looking forward to the drive to mentally prepare herself and acquire some confidence. He's at work. Jordan's metal smile glinted in the sun. Why do you think I told Tiago to pick me up after three? You didn't tell your dad about the party? Nix's anxiety blossomed into full-blown panic. Sure, she was deceiving her mother, but it somehow seemed much worse when your parent was a police officer. Oh, I told him. He said I couldn't go because someone had to watch Amy. So you're bringing her with you? Of course not. Jordan opened the back door and stepped inside. I'm leaving her with the neighbors. Nix buried her face in her hands. This would not end well. She trudged inside after Jordan and flopped onto the couch. As she watched Amy reenact World War II on her game console, the guilt beat on Nix in waves. She practically owed Sergeant Frost her life, and she was going to repay him by sneaking off with his son and abandoning his nine-year-old daughter? But the party... Nix went back and forth for quite some time, all the while vaguely impressed by Amy's skill with a machine gun. Eighty-something Nazi deaths later, Nix had decided to stay and babysit. That way Jordan wouldn't get in trouble, and she wouldn't have to worry about trying to fit in. Maybe Jordan would appreciate the gesture so much he'd stay home too. Then they could ride bikes in his driveway. The doorbell rang. Amy, you better get that. Jordan won't get it. He's in the shower. The doorbell rang again. Amy showed no inclination to get off her beanbag chair. 
Amy, I've got two more snipers to take out. I can't pause it right now. It'll throw off my groove. Nix growled and plodded into the entryway. Her mouth dried up completely in the three seconds it took to get to the door. She ran her fingers through her hair, took a deep breath, and turned the knob. She'd been about to say Jordan would be right out when her brain got distracted. More than distracted, in fact. It shut down all unnecessary function and rerouted her energy to her eyes, which were transfixed on the flawless human standing in front of her. Whatever memories Nix had of Tiago Padilla were outdated and grossly inadequate. If da Vinci had painted the boy, the Mona Lisa would have been used as kindling. Try as she might, Nix couldn't define what made Tiago so absurdly hot. There wasn't any one trait that put him over the top. Instead, it was as if every cell in his body was dedicated to making him the most beautiful creature to ever walk the planet. Aya, is Jordan home? His voice was like melting ice cream. Nix tried to respond, but her motor functions were still down. She decided to look away in order to collect her thoughts, but her brain flatly refused. The combination of his stunning features somehow pleased her mind, such that it caused Nick's physical pain to try and look away. My name's Tiago. He asked me to come round, and are you okay? Nix knew she looked like an idiot standing there with her mouth halfway open, but she'd given up trying to regain control. She could only hope she wasn't drooling all over the front of her shirt. Thankfully, Jordan appeared before the tension became traumatic. Three minutes later, Amy trudged toward the neighbors. PlayStation tucked under her arm. Nick sat in the back seat of a shiny black Hummer the size of her trailer. Jordan and Tiago sat on either side of her. Nick stared straight ahead, willing her thighs to take up less room on the seat. She still hadn't said a word. When Jordan had asked if she was coming, she started walking toward the vehicle. Of course she was coming. What kind of stupid question was that? If Tiago had intended to swim in shark-infested waters with a bloody nose, she would have followed. The drive was very enjoyable, albeit a little awkward. Mrs. Padilla drove while Mr. Padilla cracked jokes from the front seat. Jordan and Tiago talked over the top of Nix's head, reliving summer adventures. Oddly enough, she didn't feel quite as jealous as she had the night before. In fact, every time Tiago spoke or laughed, it sent bubbles up her spine, and she thrilled that Jordan was the link between them. If Nix and Tiago were both friends with Jordan, did that mean that she and Tiago were friends by association? The Spaniard hadn't recognized her from school, probably a good thing, but he didn't seem to mind having her along either. Nix noticed a similarity between the boys' shaggy hairstyles. She didn't blame Jordan for the abrupt change. She would have done anything humanly possible to look more like Tiago. Maybe she should start tanning on her roof. She couldn't decide what she liked best. His coal black hair was very appealing, but his eyes themselves were incredible. They were wide and dark, set deeply under thick brows and framed with indecent eyelashes. That's our place, said Tiago. Jordan's eyes grew large. Wowza! Nix glanced at the house Tiago had pointed out. Wowza was a bit of an understatement. The enormous brick fortress dwarfed the huge trees surrounding it. Of course, the most attractive person in the world would have to be filthy rich. Wouldn't want to spread any of that around. Nix thought of all the ugly people who lived in the trailer park. If she ever found the person in charge of making life fair, there would be words. Tiago pulled out his new flip phone, which took pictures and even 30-second clips of video. As the boys took photos of themselves making funny faces, Nix leaned forward again and watched the landscape, this time out the front. Ivy-covered trees towered on both sides of the narrow road, shading the path and making it feel later in the afternoon. Nix realized her innards weren't twisted in knots. That was highly unusual for a car ride. Perhaps it had something to do with her being in a vehicle that could demolish a school. When they finally stopped in front of a white mansion the size of a cathedral, Nix regretted coming. 
From the immaculately manicured grounds to the ten-foot marble pillars, the building reeked of elegance. Even the kids chasing each other with water guns did so with a certain refinement. Nix was hopelessly out of place. Jordan fumbled with his seatbelt, apparently unable to tear his gaze from the mayhem. Now this is a party. Who are all these kids? I think most of them are from our school, Tiago said. There's Heidi. You know her, right? I've seen her. You've got to be kidding. Come on, I'll introduce you. Nix didn't recognize many of the faces either. A few who were launching water balloons over the roof were definitely college age. Mrs. Padilla opened Tiago's door. I don't know about this, querido. Tiago's dad opened the door on Jordan's side. It doesn't look bad, Monica. I don't see anyone over twenty-five. Mrs. Padilla rolled her eyes. Nix almost followed Tiago out, but she decided she'd rather exit on Jordan's side and use the car as cover while she straightened her shirt and tried to coax her hair into lying flat. Sadly, Jordan didn't see her scrambling across the seat, and he slammed the door inches from her face. Nix tried the handle, but for some reason it wouldn't work. Even after hitting the unlock button multiple times, the door refused to open. By this point, Tiago had shut the door on his side. Nix crawled across the seat, but the other door wouldn't open either. What was going on? She may have been a little under-exercised, but she wasn't that weak. Nix knocked on the window, but the others were already halfway up the sloping yard, apparently unaware their party had slightly decreased in size. Maybe she wasn't pushing hard enough. Nix pulled the handle and slammed her shoulder against the door. Bad idea. The door didn't move, and Nix's shoulder didn't seem very happy about being used as a battering ram. Her entire arm went tingly and started throbbing. A pair of upperclassmen boys passed. One laughed and pointed toward the Hummer. He had obviously seen her graceful escape attempt. She slouched low in the seat. So far, her party experience was not everything she'd dreamed. How did she keep ending up like this? First it was a grave and now a car. Next, she'd get trapped in her shower curtain. Maybe this time it was for the best. Compared to walking into that mansion wearing a Lisa Frank shirt, sitting alone in the car actually sounded nice. Why couldn't the party have been in the trailer park, where other people wore tattered jeans and old sneakers? After what seemed like half an hour, Tiago's parents returned. Be fine, Mr. Padilla said as he climbed into the driver's seat. Abianunos padres. Nix resisted the impulse to hide. Even if ducking might temporarily delay her embarrassment, it wouldn't help her much in the long run. She caught Mr. Padilla's eye in the rearview mirror. He jerked his head around and winced with pain. Mrs. Padilla glanced back to see what had caused her husband to injure himself. Phoenix, are you still here? Why did adults always insist on using her full name? It was Nix. Not that hard. Well, I tried to get out, but... Oh, the child safety locks. Mrs. Padilla put her hand to her mouth to cover a smile. I'm so sorry, dear. We wondered where you ran off to, Mr. Padilla said. Jordan said you'd probably gone to the toilet. How thoughtful of him. Mr. Padilla stepped out and opened Nix's door. The corner of his lip twitched. Nix exited and thanked him stiffly. She noticed with some satisfaction that he was rubbing his neck. We keep the safety locks engaged because our seven-year-old likes to jump out of moving vehicles, he said with a wink. Nix softened a bit. Mr. Padilla had kind eyes. He looked a lot like Tiago, she decided. Abruptly, Nix felt the urge to tell him she was in love with his son, but Mrs. Padilla interrupted before Nix could embarrass herself again. Tiago's going to give us a ring when you're ready to come home, Phoenix. Have a good time. It was impossible to be irritated with such people, even if they did laugh at her stupidity. Nix waved. The Hummer made an eight-point turn and disappeared down the narrow road. A breeze tousled Nix's hair. The cool air smelled so good up here. These people really did have it all. Nix took a step toward the mansion. She pulled her shirt tight and swallowed the lump in her throat. 
Whether she belonged here or not, it was time to steal her best friend back. <laughs>